He's Aaron. She's Liz. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea. Where we uh, take a look at many uh, iterations of uh, different things for, through movies, literature, uh, TV shows, comic books. Or know. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. And the neighborhood Spider-Man. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if the listeners can guess... Uh, that I really enjoyed this movie. <laughs> Uh, yes, today's episode is on Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, we're not going to try to compare it too much to the previous iterations, as people have done that to death. Unless, of course, we want to. I I guess we could. I know everyone's going to be doing that, so... um, Let's let's write this Spider-Man on his own merit, since I've now seen Civil War. I feel I have a accurate picture of this particular Peter Parker and where he fits within the canon. Yeah, and um, there's there's a lot of great things about this movie. Um, highly recommend it, um, you know, first off. Um, we will try to stay fairly spoiler-free, but we will try to... Well, they, let's, say, let's say we'll stay spoiler-free of major plot twists, but I definitely want to discuss very particular scenes as they happen, because there are a lot of really great scenes in here. Absolutely. So, um, and I guess we can kind of roll with that first, um, talk about the, the scenes themselves. I mean, this is a pretty um, straightforward story. Um, there are some twists and turns, but there aren't any that... Uh, it's a fairly straightforward uh, story, we were, for the most part. We were commenting when we first saw the trailer that it seemed as though they were giving away the entire game. Or the, the entire movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah like, the they entire gave up the story. Ghost. They're like, here's what's going to happen. Spider-Man's going to meet Tony Stark. He's going to give him a new suit. He's going to try and prove himself. He's going to go too big, fail, get back the suit take on the big guy, Washington's in there somewhere, it feels like very formulaic, so I think we might have to just address the idea of comic book movie fatigue, because for the foreseeable yeah. future, there will always be a superhero movie, a Star Wars movie, as long as the mouse has anything to say about it every year. Oh, <laughs> you gotta keep that cast rolling! Oh. <laughs> uh, so, we've, uh, uh, we went and watched it last night the, at the premiere. Um, and, uh, it was a lot of fun to be able to sit in there and watch it with a bunch of other fans. Like, that was, that was a a big thing. I think it got the biggest laugh shock value at the end that I've ever seen out of a non-comedy movie. Like, strictly for the ridiculousness of both the end and the final post credit scene, we all just were having a blast. (laughs) Uh, not that it's a spoiler necessarily. There are mid-credit and after-credit scenes, so if you of are a quote-unquote true fan of uh, the Marvel movies, you'll you'll stay around and wait. Um, but the uh, the fact of the matter is, is uh, the story is a, it, I say straightforward, but it that doesn't mean it's boring because in reality, it's not. It kept me enthralled throughout the whole thing. I really enjoyed the characters' motivations, especially the Vulture. However, I feel like they forgot his blue-collar upbringing, his willingness to do anything to keep his family together. The the plot threads that they fed him at the very beginning where he's hired a bunch of people for this crew to take apart Shatari, um, the aftermath of the New York fight from Avengers, basically. Yeah. He's hired a bunch of men to do that, and the government... Run by Tony Stark, which, once again, I kind of am beginning to... No, I don't begin to. I hate Tony Stark and everything he represents in these movies. <laughs> so you're a team cap, then? It's not even about sides. I didn't care for Civil War either, and you all know that. But for me, my main gripe is that Tony Stark, for everything that he's supposedly trying to do now to address the problems, those were all problems that were directly his result. There is no one else to blame, and he sort of blasely flows it off like, oh yeah, I meant to do that. I did Ultron, my bad. As if that makes up for thousands of people dying and a city being lifted up to Earth and having to now do the Sokovia Accords and breaking apart the Avengers. As if, my bad. That covers it, right, guys? Because I'm Tony Stark. I can do whatever the hell I want. He's he's so arrogant. And I've now, I've lost my... I've lost the point of, well, it's Robert Downey Jr., so it's fun and quirky. At this point, I'm just like, no, you are now more trouble than you are worth. You are three steps away from becoming the bad guy of these next movies. You've done more than Thanos has, so why not? (laughs) 
Yeah, you've got some uh, real issues with uh, Thanos, so... I do. All he's done is sit on that damn chair in space and talk about bathing starways and grinned menacingly. I'm like, get your butt off that chair. You are not intimidating. I don't care all the comic book cred that you've built up with every geek and nerd who's ever read the comics. There's... He has done nothing in these movies, and he is not intimidating one speck of bit. <laughs> well, I'm sure there would be plenty of people that would say, just wait. So... We're, let's, let's, uh, kind of Bring pull it back. back, yeah, pull so back I, to the, the story at hand yeah. instead of just bitching about, uh, uh, Tony Stark. As I, whoops. Whoops. <laughs> as I said. Here, here, folks. First, folks. As I said, in the beginning of the movie, it starts off with the post-Avengers cleanup of New York City. And, uh, the Vulture Tombs. Mr. Yeah. Toombs, has hired a bunch of people to take care of this. The government steps in, as directed by Tony Stark, for this new initiative to clean up his mess, has come in, and they're like, no, you, we, we're not giving you anything off of this. You have done all this for nothing. Go back to living your lives. And there's this real struggle of blue-collar versus white-collar vibe that I get from that beginning opening. Like, we're just going to... We're going to evolve to change with the times. We're going to use this alien tech to make ourselves worthwhile in this new age of aliens and gods and monsters. But I feel like that thread completely is abandoned by the end of this because no one would relate to this particular plot point, I think, more than Peter Parker, who has nothing. Really, that's, the, that's the emphasis of Peter Parker. He's not only young and has something in that regard, he's also not well off in that regard. He also has nothing. And I feel like they were trying to... You mean to... Spider-Man's poor? Color me shocked. <laughs> I feel like they were trying... They picked the Vulture implicitly to highlight similarities between them, but aside from one conversation, after he's already intimidated to kill Aunt May and everyone he loves, for him to say, you know, Peter, you know... They're doing bad things too. You think they care about us? And then he crushes them with a building. I'm like, well, you you lost your argument. Whatever thing you were trying to build up in similarities. Well, he, he's it, it was kind of a distraction tactic a little bit too. But um, well, okay. So that's I mean, those are valid points. But let's um, let's focus on scenes because again, we're if we're trying to spoil if we're trying to uh, be spoiler free, we kind of. We can't go too much further along in the, the plot lines themselves. Like You said you wanted to talk about scenes, so let's talk about scenes. Okay, let's talk about scenes. Um, um, the, <laughs> specifically, um, the the scenes that uh, that really kind of stand out to me, um, because uh, with uh, the Power Rangers movie that came out recently, the movie itself was interesting. It wasn't a great movie, but it was certainly... Uh, slightly different than the two to three movies, uh, only two movies, uh, the Power Rangers, Power Rangers Turbo. Uh, it was definitely different than these. It was almost the Breakfast Club with space aliens. We did listen to a reviewer article about that, which said that the directors were hoping to infuse this particular movie with a John Hughes quality, which I can definitely tell. And, uh, and Spider-Man Homecoming is similar. I wouldn't say it's a, an exact rip-off or anything like that of either a Hughes movie or even the Power Rangers. Well, I don't think Power anyone Rangers... could be John Hughes. Even John Hughes wasn't John Hughes at the end. Well, no, but what I was saying is like it's not like a direct rip-off of, say, like Breakfast Club or Pretty in Pink or something like that. Um, it was more so that they had that feel of being able to actually capture kids in high school nowadays, or when John Hughes was around in the 80s. I will tell you, this particular actor more convinced me that he was a awkward high school student who was more brilliant than we knew than any of the previous Spider-Man. Well, we heard that he actually went undercover at a um, New York high school, because of his British accent. Well, no, he 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 actually he he adopted the accent that yeah. he got, but it was he had no experience because in British schools that he had been in, he had to wear a uniform, yeah. and he had no idea how an American high school in New York might work. And this extra work that they put into it definitely shows because the scenes that he's in high school are absolutely natural. So. Um, I would have to say the scenes that stand out the most to me are when he's actually out of the Spider-Man costume. Not saying when he's in the suit that it's not worthwhile or they're not as memorable. Because, truth be told... Let's talk about the suits because I really enjoy the effects that they place on the suit. The previous Spider-Man suits have appeared shiny, metallic-y, wet. Yeah, and, especially in Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, and this one, it felt much more like... 
part of him. It felt less CGI-ish. I, I honestly believe for most of those scenes that he was just wearing a Spider-Man suit that they had made for him, it felt like. I think part of that is the eyes, because in the comics, his eyes are kind of like Deadpool, where the, the eyes will, like, kind of, like, if he's saying something important, you know, they'll they'll squeeze down just a little bit, or if he's surprised, they open up a little bit more. The eye holes reflect the emotions. Exactly, because he can't, he can't express much emotion with his, you know, his his facial features so all that it's presented is his eyes and his voice too but like at the same time so like the, unfortunately the other spider-man movies didn't have that with you know deadpool and then you know civil war as well that's when you f first saw these um advances in this, this um uh and cgi animation i know you had a really uh fanboy moment when uh the Iron Spider suit came out. Again, we're not trying to spoil anything. It doesn't say anything. Uh, the whole impetus for Peter Parker in this particular movie is that he wants to be an Avenger, and he's trying everything he can to be, even though the Avengers, by which I mean Happy and Tony Stark, are deliberately ignoring him. So it's much of him trying to prove himself. People actually thought the suit that he got for this movie or slash Civil War was an Iron Spider costume. And what I would say to that is actually it's not and it's not the Iron Spider costume because the Iron Spider costume is basically Spider Man mixed with Iron Man. That's why it's called Iron Spider, I'm exact, sure. Exactly. So there's he has some sort of repulsors in it, but he also has like his web technology. The he pictures has, like, they show me from so. the comics look like he has four legs that come out of the back of his suit and help him crawl plus like Doc Ock. <laughs> yeah, there it's 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 a little bit more spidery than Spider-Man, but um so the 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 suit that he gets is a just a higher tech version of Spider-Man, which is really actually I really really enjoyed. I don't like that Tony Stark had to create it, but I appreciate it because Spider-Man still is a kid. That so. was kind of lame when you think about it cuz the first Spider-Man movies were, he naturally produces the webs, which me and my 12-year-old fever yeah. dream was like, well, of course he does. He's called Spider-Man, like Catwoman likes catnip. And then uh, as they went on to the Andrew Garfield, like, no, he's smart. And they tend to forget the smartness in both of them, or they cast it off in, f in favor of him being a an awkward, geeky hipster, which actually would not be awkward and geeky in real life. This was the first one where they actually managed to capture the real brilliance of him, where he makes these spider-web the web shooters. Shooters on yeah. his wrists and actually works with them. I do, however, like that uh, Tony makes the suit because then we get to meet Karen. And she's Karen, probably my favorite invisible character of the movie. Uh, Karen is the uh, the AI for the suit. So, um, and that did a really, that was a, a kind of a fun character that they pulled into it. So, there was a great scene. Well, we want to talk about scenes with, um, after DC, he's just saved. Uh, his classmates, including uh, Liz, his uh, romantic interest, um, and, and he's, best friend, and best, teacher, yeah. he saved so many people from his school, and he's uh, just saved everyone. He's looking at her. He's hanging upside down where he's holding on to the oh. elevator, and Karen says, "This is your moment, Peter. Kiss her." I'm like, <laughs> I think we're just gonna have to. I think we're gonna have to put it in the description for this. It, spoilers! Spoilers! Spoilers, yeah, spoilers. Yeah, we, we are too much fun to talk about. Everyone's yeah. gonna see this movie. Let's just talk about the fun stuff. Well, and we can. We just. I, I think we'll have to say it's definitely got spoilers in it. So not not that that scene was a, is a spoiler, but it, it's a little bit of a spoiler. That's something that we could have not. We could have talked about that scene. I but we definitely didn't have to haven't given away the real so. spoilery spoilers. These are, no, these no, are good no. scenes, and we're not going to. Okay. We're not going to. So. so nothing about the end credits soon. No, stop talking about it. <laughs> so good. So um, there, there are many of those scenes that made you just kind of like cheer or laugh. Like if for those of you who have listened to this that have seen Civil War, which by the way, why would you watch this movie and not watch Civil War? But what if? Besides you, um, if you saw the Civil War with Spider-Man's part in it how he was awkward and kind of geeky, but he tried his hardest, and you could just really tell that part is just basically expanded over two and a half hours. And, and, and it doesn't part, feel thin no, either. No, no, no. That part is actually 
literally expanded within the very beginning of this movie because after we get Vulture's backstory and the Marvel logo pops up, the very first thing on the screen is a film by Peter Parker. Oh, and it's just his yeah. video recording of Happy taking him upstate, getting him the suit in the mm. hotel. And... To, uh, sorry. to Belgium. To Belgium, sorry. Yeah. Where, where Civil War, where the big battle of the airport takes place, taking him to Belgium, getting in the new suit, and him just saying like, hold on guys, be back, right back. And he sets the phone down and then he goes and steals Cap Shield off in the distance. And so you just see his... His wonderful charm from behind the scenes of that entire Civil War battle. So it, yeah, that that was a kind of a fun opening. That was that was a little bit more unique than what I've seen. So, um, so in true and the the full story is not again. It's not very complicated, but basically Peter's just trying to figure out what the vulture, what this group of guys are doing, and but at the same time is also trying to balance his life as Peter Parker and Spider Man. But want something more out of life with Spider-Man as well. So and thank goodness they didn't drag the Uncle Ben dying scene back into this yeah, movie. Yeah, the whole the whole um, uh, backstory is completely left out. Like they they talk about the spider at one point, mm -hmm. and like it's like, well, if the spider bites me, will I get the powers too? Spider's dead, buddy. Spider's and dead. Like, and so it's a very in the 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 characters. There's not a ton of development outside of, like, maybe the top couple build. But the thing is, like, that's not necessary for every movie. Not every character has to go through art. But the characters that were in this movie weren't one-note characters. You know, Liz isn't just the hot girl. Um, you know, Park, um, Vulture isn't just the menacing villain. Uh, Tony Stark isn't just the rich guy with toys, you know, <laughs> even though like Tony Stark is only in it for maybe about 20 minutes total. And he probably got paid more than any other human on earth has ever uh, been made for yeah. his time. Um, Aunt May, Aunt, I think this iteration of Aunt May might be my favorite. The old, the older actress that played her in the Raimi series was closer to the age of her in the, the comics. Like she, like Aunt May is supposed to be like, 50s, 60s. Now, I'm not saying Marissa Tormey isn't in her 50s, because I believe she's around my mother's age, who, and my mom just turned, I think, 52? Very personal information you're giving over 51. the airwaves, babe. 51, yeah. Yeah, well, my mother is, sl is slightly older than me. Oh, no! Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh... It would be weird is, if she was the same age as you, babe. It would be, it would be, um, impossible. <laughs> She'd have to be at least nine months older than me, and even then... <laughs> It's impossible. Weird. Weird. Come so, logic. So, um, just... going back to the character of Aunt May, um, they'll, uh, she's typically elderly in the comics, um, though later iterations have had her younger and younger and have had her closer to Peter's age. Not like where they're almost brother and sister age difference. I get it's that more makes so. sense with, when we think of my aunts or your aunts, they seem more in age with our parents as opposed to a old older iteration but isn't it isn't it just weird i don't i love marissa tomei but isn't it just weird to have this tony stark hidden on a milf sort of vibe they're going for make her like sexy i mean i have no problem with her being spunky she's not likable but, but they're playing her off some, that way no what they're playing it off is all the guys have their tongues lying out like every guy that sees aunt may is like, is like oh. that and, and the thing, the funny thing is, especially in a situation like this, Marissa Torme doesn't dress, like, like, uh, provocatively. No, she doesn't. She doesn't, she doesn't wear, like, crop tops and, like, booty shorts or, no, like, real just, tight skirts. or something. Yeah. She, she, I've noticed that she wears, like, the, the high-waisted stuff. Traditionally, if you had done that in a Sam Raimi film, it would have been, oh, mom jeans, high-waisted. But today, that is more of a stylistic choice to yeah. purposely wear that high-waisted look. She didn't dress down, but she didn't dress up. She dr Honestly, I felt like she probably had the most fun in the costumes because she dressed comfortably. Yeah. Like, you know, she, she didn't, like, make herself look worse, but... Why am I talking about this? I don't know, because so... you're like every other man in this movie, apparently. Well, the I, what I was trying to talk about was the character. Um, I guess I should point out, too, um, Spider-Man was my introduction to comics, period. Before anime, before, uh, 
you know, Bat well, Batman, I knew, but I didn't read the comics. I actually got these, um, oh my god, I still loved these things, and I really wish I still had them. I know I still have a couple of the issues, but there are these cool things that they do something similar nowadays, too, that's not as fun, because these were, like, actual, like, they were action figures, but they came with, like, stands and stuff like that for you to, like, pose and junk, um, but they also came with a comic issue, because uh, that was my introduction to Spider-Man, to Venom, and actually to the symbiote suit, too, the black suit Spider-Man, because I had, I, got, I think, like, they were having a special on them or something like that, and I ended up getting four of them, um, and, you know, single, or, uh, only child life, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I got four of these things, and they came with comics, and one day I was bored, and I was like, well, why don't I read these, because... I've read a ton as a kid, and I ended up reading all four of the comics multiple times. Uh, my favorite one, like, for story-wise, was this one for Man-Spider, where Peter Parker gets, like, hit with this, like, I'm serum. sorry, Man-Spider, like Man-Bat Man-Spider? In a similar concept, but instead of Man-Bat being a completely separate character, Man-Spider is still Peter Parker. He just has these giant arms coming out of him. He's becoming more spider-like. It was definitely old thread where they had him fall in love with this one... spider chick and he laid eggs and it was real weird. The one that I read was a one-off because he, okay. he, he found a, uh, rep uh, not a replacement, um, uh, uh, God, what is it called? Um, Fix, um, uh, anti-venom type thing, uh, god damn it. Antidote? <laughs> antidote, thank you, an antidote, uh, f for the serum or whatever this, like, plant guy was trying to take over the world with, but, um, it w that one was an interesting one, but he, like, he get ends up having, like, two more, uh, t another two sets of arms, um, and then, uh, like, starts, like, growing, like, the spider, like, hair fur thing that they have. And he had the mandibles. Like, that one, that the, the story-wise was really cool. But I, I got the first issue of Spider-Man. It was a reprint, so it wasn't, like, anything special. But then I also got the, um, the f uh, first one from Secret Wars, where he comes back with the symbiote costume. Um, and that was my introduction into that. And then, again, I, I had Venom as well. Um... So, Spider-Man was my intro to comics, period. So, to say that I love Spider-Man is a bit of an understatement. I am not the world's biggest Spider-Man fan by any means, um, but I do I do really, really like the character and the stories and stuff like that. It's fun that you said that. Um, today, I was at Nirvana Comics, and I picked up... Shout out to Nirvana Comics. Shout out to Nirvana Comics. Um, I picked up a... Uh... Nirvana Comics, if you want to come on the show, we'd love to have you. <laughs> ha! I am Nirvana Comics now. Uh, I picked up an issue, a new Spider-Man story that they're talking about called Renew Your Vows, which takes the idea that Spider-Man is now fighting crime alongside his wife, Mary Jane. And Mary Jane, no, this is cool. So I know what everyone's like, ah, Mary Jane, such a lame-o. She... Don't think of her in the same... Not like, the same. Not the same. The Sam Raimi's Mary Jane is the worst. Imagine... Terrible, terrible, imagine terrible. Imagine who would be the perfect person for Spider-Man to fall in love with. That is your Mary Jane in this particular one. Because they're married. They have a daughter. Um, Some people would disagree with you and say... This, uh, is the, this is the new one. This is how it's going right now. I, I don't I don't get comic alternate universes well, and timelines that don't make sense anymore. All I know is what I'm reading, this storyline, is a cool storyline because Mary Jane uh, uses this technology uh, to share in Peter's powers. Their daughter has... Uh, inherited his spider powers yeah. but Mary Jane does not so she uses this technology to siphon off some of his powers to help him fight crime mm -hmm. well and it's a really cool idea because I just read like the very first page of it when they're fighting Sinestro which is the the goofiest looking villain I've ever seen Sinestro is not really one of the top of his rogues gallery but they're fighting and it's really cool to see a whole family fighting crime together in an Incredibles sort of way, and they're really nice mm. together, and all the humor was perfect, and I would have never 
been interested in picking up because I've been looking at the poster for this particular issue for months at the comic book shop and I was like, nah, I mean, this is cool because the whole impetus of the story is Mary Jane deciding if she's going to use the Venom symbiote suit to actually gain the real powers instead of siphoning Peter's powers away and making him weaker even though he's okay with it. It's this wonderful combination of story arcs and the first couple of panels I read are the exact kind of wisecracking, lovable humor that I get from the actor in uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Tom Holland, yeah. Um, they, uh, I, personally, they knocked it out of the park with Tom Holland. Tom Holland was, uh, or is a, such a fantastic choice. He did a great job. He, he gets the, the Peter aspect and the Spider-Man aspect. Yes. It's like, in, the funny thing is, is like, as Peter and Spider-Man progress, you know, he gets more mature, he, he's, you know, a little bit more battle-worn, and he get he learns more, but even still, at the younger age, you still see Peter influence with Spider-Man and vice versa, so, um, and there's one scene, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to tell you much about it, but there's one scene um, that you really, really see the character's age come through. And, oh yes, it's a and very like, good scene. And it was so heart wrenching. And it was like, oh my god, he's just this a is kid. A, this is a fifteen year old kid, and like, and you see him like do all this and almost like completely give up hope. And then he pulls through, and you're just like, and you you as an audience member, you're like, come on, Peter, you got this, you got. It was like I, I remember like 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 quietly because we were in a movie theater cheering for this kid so spider-man at its heart the character of spider-man should be wish fulfillment for peter parker um i was just and i can't take i take i can't take credit for this idea this is from uh daniel o'brien from cracked but uh, he's a huge spider-man daniel nerd. if you're listening we'd love to have you on the show daniel is a huge spider-man nerd always has oh, that because yeah. he relates so much to the character the the comparison that he makes is that regardless of whether you think his acting was better or not, because he likes the first iteration with, um... Sam Raimi and then, uh, Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire. He loves Tobey Maguire. He thinks he did a good job. But yeah. this... But he likes this particular actor, Tom Holland's iteration, is that no one should want to be Peter Parker. And that's what the Andrew Garfield movies got wrong, was that he was... He was nerdy, but he was also way too cool to be, like... Like, skateboarding, like the uh, character of Iron Man. If you weren't, if you couldn't be Iron Man, if you could only be Tony Stark, that'd be just fine. Cap, if you could just be Steve Rogers, also fine. All these people, their alternate identities are really cool, but Peter should not be a cool alternative identity. The idea of Spider-Man should be both for the audience and for Peter wish fulfillment in the best way. And that's why it's really super nice to not see it tied into the whole my uncle died and now I must do this for him. It's much more of the I have these great powers. What can I do with them? I can help people. I can be more than myself. Because in my real life, I am not much. When I put on the suit, I am something more. That's true. And um, you see some of those kind of uh, duality things in this movie. Um, uh, by the way, did you know that this director hasn't really directed anything else? Like, this is his first, like, big big budget movie. I had no idea about that. This uh, this director, John Watts, um, this is, like, he's done some shorts, and he did a movie called, oh, something with a cop. Um, I don't even remember who it starred, but um, I, I hopped on the IMDb today, and I was kind of doing some research into, you know, trivia facts and everything like that, but, um, yeah, this is, like, his first Big box office, and he. You kind of see Marvel doing that though. Like every time, even though they sort want, of. like they James launch... Gunn had some had some stuff under his belt, but nothing like this. Like he had Slither, and then he had Super, and then he just stepped up and you know did more. And then in then you like even John Favreau didn't have that much. But you can under see them belt. taking risks in this particular yeah. manner, where it is we think because because Marvel I think is so much a machine at this point. They know. At the end, there will be very particular points that every Marvel superhero movie hits. And I think we've come to expect them. I don't think we hate them. I think we enjoy seeing them when they show up. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, yeah. 
it's what makes it different than a DC movie, your Marvel movie, and how even though it's different uh, characters, different directors and identities, that's why Edgar Wright kind of left Ant-Man, that's why Joss Whedon can't do another Avengers, because yeah. the Marvel system is kind of beating them to be like, yeah, you can have some of your artistic creativities, but not too much, kind of like how Miller and Lord just left the Han Solo uh, standalone movie, and I'm like, oh, oh, that's not good, guys, because... That was the humor. If you, because Miller and Lord, I bet were just letting the characters just riff and pulling out really great stuff for that movie. And then Disney was like, "No, no, we don't. No, no. Here's the script. You gotta follow the script. We'll just get another director to take care of it now." And who did they end up picking? Ron Howard of all people. Ron yeah. Howard makes competent films, but he is not a visionary. He want he will make you the film that you request him to make, and he will do it well. But there is no stamp of himself upon his movies. <clears throat> and I dis I would disagree with that because Ron Howard is a much better director than that. However, yeah, the, it's a very interesting. If you look at the directors that they've had along the way, um, the for the most part, the more successful they are, the newer to the scene that they are. So yeah. I think it's almost like an allegory to Spider Man in a way, because Spider Man is this kid who's never really done anything before, but he's still doing good work. He just doesn't have the um, financial backing. Yeah, the financial backing, the the toys, if you will. And then given this opportunity to a go fight with the Avengers and b um, you know to have this suit and to you know start building. A, not a fan base, but, like, start building up his, you know, showing that he can be helpful, um, he, he starts doing really, really, a lot better, and so, um, if you kind of look, it, they actually make a joke, um, relating to 2008, which is still really funny, because there was a little bit of debate on when the MCU started, and today... Iron Man 1, I believe. Iron, yeah, someone was saying that, uh, uh, Hulk... What, the Incredible Hulk was the beginning. I like the Incredible Hulk. I like the Hulk as a character. I think he might be the most interesting character to see in movie and books. He's, he's the most interesting to me anyway. It's just the duality of it. So I like him. I don't think, though, just no, with... It doesn't it, feel it like an MCU movie. However, it does have the Tony Stark cameo at the end. Th that's... So... so uh, but the first official MCU was 2008 with uh, Iron Man 1. So... Still a good a, movie. Still holds yeah, up. Yeah, I, I would agree. Not... Not entirely. Like, I look back on it, I'm like, uh, Tony Stark's an asshole. But he's still an asshole. He's always but... an asshole. But anyway, Without the anyways... suit, you're nothing, Peter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why you make 40 million suits to sit in all the time. Well, um, I did like how they kind of pull back. But if you look at the directors, like, John Farvo did one and two. Shane Black did three. But Shane Black had already done some stuff to a point where he had just a little bit of success and you saw that he almost had too much influence on it. Then you had, um, oh man, I'm forgetting, uh, Kenneth Bronagh. Yeah, for uh, Thor. For Thor. What a great set design. I loved every frame of yes, Thor. Yes, but the, the story of Thor wasn't as strong as it could have been. So I think that when they get a director well, that's think... done a little bit more so than, say, like, not a fledgling director. Well, who's or, directing so. Ragnarok? Because it looks wicked awesome. Uh, okay. So, perfect example. So you had um, Kenneth Branagh do that. I don't know who, off the top of my head, who directed... Um, uh, you the, stall for time, I'll look it the up. The second one, um, the second Thor. But the third one is being directed by the same guy who did What We Do in the Shadows. That's right, that's why I like it so much. Yes. We went to go see What We Do in the Shadows. Dark World. And that yeah. was... An amazing, amazing movie. You definitely should see it. What We Do in the Shadows is a mockumentary type about vampires who are trying to live in today's society. It's the best movie ever. It is It is very, very funny. Um, it's well shot, well directed. So, The Dark World was Alan Taylor. Okay. He did, uh, oh, Terminator Genesis. Uh, that is not a good thing to have in your credits. Well, However, he did that after. I'm looking at Thrones before. Lost... And he's a little bit more of a teep. And you kind of see that a little bit. So, but that's what I was saying. Like, because this guy, this is his first, this is his first foray into, like, 
big budget directed. But he was the guy who also made the cute teaser Thor trailers, right? About what Thor was doing on those. In- yep. It, yes, it was because I no, did no, this no, for no, trivia. No. I'm talking. I'm talking to. I'm talking to two different directors. Uh, my apologies. I'm talking about Thor yeah. Ragnarok now. We're talking about how he hasn't done anything between this and what he did in the shadows, but. He's been the one who's doing the fun little Thor trailers about what he's been doing in his flat with his roommate. Maybe we since. should just call this a Marvel review because we we've kind of like we've gone so. I like, think we may as well. Out. We're definitely are we at the end of phase three? We're in chapter four of th- phase three. I don't know when phase four is supposed. I think phase four starts with uh, Infinity War, um, but uh, even still, let's go back to Spider Man. Spider-Man is a lot of fun, guys. <laughs> um, let's, yeah, we're, we're kind of trying to stay along the lines of this, so, um, which we could, we could do a whole Marvel episode if we wanted to, so, but in... You're the one talking about directors. Well, yeah, because the, um, I wanted to show that this director has not done much before now. He did a very good job then. He yeah. was very good. I really liked, um, I could tell that he led his actors, uh, especially, um, Vulture, Oh, uh, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton was pure Michael joy Keaton. to Michael watch. Michael Keaton was Michael Keaton almost, and like Michael Keaton just did a great job. And as thank a God for that costume design because I've seen the original costume. Yeah. And it's like a guy yeah. with a feathered ruff John, and green spandex. I'm like, oh God. John and, Malkovich was originally cast as the Vulture in, yeah. this, in the fourth uh, Raimi Spider-Man. I'm not kidding. Uh, like, what they, a weird choice. That's like Steve Buscemi no. as the Vulture. It would be so... If he's such an iconic <laughs> actor, it would be very hard to he, separate him. It's very funny that bring that up, because there for a while it was rumored that Steve Buscemi was going to play Ben Parker. Oh! Oh, dear. So, it's it's a interesting choice to have Michael Keaton play the Vulture, because the Vulture is more... I've not read enough about the Vulture. I've not read too many stories or watched too many episodes with him in it. Our friend who saw it with us said that, as far as the twist goes, he did not see it coming. He has read about Vulture and Spider-Man comics and knows a lot, and he didn't see it coming. This one, we're definitely not going to spoil. We're we're not going to touch more beyond that. But um, but how they did it, like, I saw... I saw the progression, and it didn't feel forced, it didn't feel rushed. It was very good. I think it was part, you know, a mix between the actor, director, and the writers. So I think it just it just really showed a understanding for these characters. So um, it it was very the all of the characters that they have that they produce in this, and um, that they I don't know if they really created anyone for this one. Um, Except for maybe like the best friend character, because he, he's kind of a. An, uh, I wanted a mix to talk about him because he was a lot of fun, and um, I was just so pleased to see uh, someone like that in Peter's life. Uh, it was really nice to see. Um, he was he was a lot of fun. He was funny. He did all the reactions that we expect out of a friend of Peter Parker. And I do love in this movie that Peter Parker cannot keep his secret identity to save his life. Because, yeah. of course, someone would figure it out. Yeah, his best friend is like, oh my god. And like, you see the scene in the trailer. But yeah. it, it even in, when you see it in the movie, it's like... there's. And the thing is, we were just talking about the trailer. the Or the movie... Yeah, we were talking about the trailer. The trailer, like like, has all these scenes, but you forget about the trailer. Unless you've, like, just sat there and dissected and dissected and dissected. The, the airplane scene felt like, oh, I've seen all of this already. I don't know if it's because they kept the major beats or if I was looking at the wrong thing at the wrong time, but when we get to the airplane scene, I feel like that entire time, I'm like, I, I remember this beat and this beat and this I, beat. I remember, like, I remember a couple of the beats, but, like, I, I, I had to disagree. I thought... I, it still felt very fresh to me, you know? Like, there was one part that I was like, okay, I remember that from the trailer, but everything else, I, remember, I was like, I felt like I was watching it for the first time, so... Let's I, talk about another change, the, uh, the removal of Spidey Sense. Well, I, I, I saw an article talking about it, but I didn't actually read it, so I, I don't know if we can really address that in this, because I no, didn't... No, just personal it. opinions on it. Do you think it enhanced uh, the character? Well, let me, let me, you bring that up, so let me bring this up. Um, someone was saying, like, well, how does, how does Peter Parker climb around without the suit? And I'm like, oh, yeah. that's the whole point. He can climb around on walls 
without because most of the time his suit is not electronic. Most of the time it's just a suit. Like I think he, the question is how can he climb if his hands are covered in fabric? How does he climb? That's the whole point. Is like he actually has that ability to climb walls and stuff like that, even without the suit. You see it multiple times in this movie. So with that, being but so said, you so I, that's almost what, what happens. They want to stay grounded in or my interpretation is. They want to stay grounded in reality, but they, Spidey sense might have been something that were just like, you know what, this is an area of his character that can be explored, but we don't need to explore it. Because like, I didn't even realize, though, I didn't even realize he didn't have Spidey sense until after the movie. Well, that's a shame though, because they like Andrew Garfield in the very beginning uh, when the scene when he's fighting uh, Electro. They use Spidey Sense correctly in a way that he... You see it slow down Sherlock Holmes style. You see that one web shooter's out, one railing is electrified, and people are going to touch it, they're going to die. It slows it down so you can see what he sees and how he's going to make it all work. So I appreciated that. And this one, I didn't even realize. He's like, you're going to blow up. I'm like, why Why would you blow up? And then I realized, oh, in his mind he knows why that happens, but we as That's audience... That's just because he's that smart. And maybe they felt like... Improving on his smarts made it unnecessary to show and then like, workings. And it's kind of interesting because they played on it just a little bit that he didn't have Spidey Sense um, uh, with the scene because, like, the the AI Karen says, oh, you were 98% successful and you literally missed one thing and that's what caused everything else to crumble. So, um, I, I didn't... But the thing is, is, going back, I realized it, but, like, watching it, I didn't realize he didn't have Spidey Sense until after the movie was done. So, I thought that was... I didn't feel it lacked it. You know what I mean? So, um, I think... I mean... I, we've said this already like three or four times, but... I think it was a, a pretty good movie. It's a fun movie. I, it, it, In my opinion, it's not hard for that because there was a lot of things wrong with the Sam Raimi. There's a lot of things wrong I, that I didn't want to admit at the time, but now I can... Like with the Amazing Spider-Man's, because I really like the Amazing Spider-Man's, and I realized they're not—they're not as good as I remember. The portrayal of Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy is the best that, thing yeah, about that. Series. Absolutely, and if you want a great comparison, and this is the whole reason why I've had to go back and like be like, "Oh yeah, Amazing Spider-Man," the mo those movies aren't as good as I remember, or as I thought they were. Uh, Nostalgia grading—we mentioned him already uh, way too much, but and we'll continue to mention him. <laughs> But he uh, he actually does a, a whole thing about new versus old, um, and uh, he did the Sam Raimi Spider Man's versus uh, the Amazing Spider Man's. Spider Man's Spider Men. Spider Men. Menses. Spider People. Spider People. So and that's that's a better comparison. But truth be told, this movie blows a mile out of the water. I don't know exactly. Because Disney's holding the reins, man. This I, is, I is a Marvel movie yeah. pro, uh, distributed. distributed by Sony. Sony finally figured out how we can actually play Spider-Man correctly. You let him play with the other so characters. Maybe, maybe because this is... And I can predict this is going to do really well. People are going to want to watch this multiple times. Because there's little things that you miss through the first watch. You go back and think, oh! And then like you'll be able to see it. Um... I predict this is going to do pretty well. And um, I hopefully, that's me knocking on wood, that this means Sony goes, oh, with these other properties that we have, maybe we can loosen the reins because they're still making money off of this movie by distributing it. They're not making as much money because Marvel has the rights. Maybe X-Men and Fantastic Four. I those were Fox properties. Those are Fox properties. Son of a bitch what is wrong with me i just continue to school you i schooled yeah. him on a mystery character in the background on who he was before you oh, figured yeah. it out i, I didn't even, i'm like i had to ask someone like who was this character and they're like everyone looked at me and like like what and they're like it's this character i'm like oh oh man <laughs> i was so mad at myself uh, so donald glover is in this Yes, uh, who he actually plays someone that could become something later on, but his his role is more subtle, and I, I liked it. I think I really wanted him to be Miles, but he's he it, and like someone pointed out, another friend of mine who, or actually one of the comic book fans that um, I have in my friend group, uh, bigger comic book fans, he's like, dude, Donald Glover's too old. Like maybe 
during Community, he would have been able to play it. Like, whenever the Amazing Spider-Mans came out and the whole Donald Glover for Spider-Man first started, like, he probably, he had a much better chance of being Miles. Oh, it's like, like how Hugh right. Jackman can't be Wolverine anymore, bless him. Yeah, he, like, he said the, with the, with Wolverine, or with He wouldn't Wolverine, come back again, Logan, you know. Unless it paid him a buttload more money, and... Well, oh, we got Logan here. I'll do that. <laughs> I can see him coming. I can see him doing another cameo, but he's yeah. He he cannot do another it's full movie. A lot movie. of work to get into Wolverine shape. It's yeah. a lot of work. But uh, I mean, Logan. Oh, Logan was so beautiful. Logan cured me of comic book fatigue. Yeah. I don't think Spider Man Homecoming will. Unfortunately, not that no. It's, if but that's you, not if its you're fault. Like, if you're a little, if you're a little meh on that, go try to find a different. Like honestly, Guardians and Ant Man were um, palate cleansers for me, and Logan absolutely I would put in that category uh, as well. Wonder Woman. I know it's not you Marvel, but a superhero movie that cleanses the palate. You know what? I think I would have to agree. Yep. High five. High five. We agree on one thing. So, Yay! Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. So, but this... I think my only complaint about this movie was that they kind of over-exemplified uh, Aunt May's hotness. But they also, the, the character, I think her name was Michelle, Zendaya. I don't like Zendaya. The actress. At all. I, the, sorry, yes, yeah, the actress. Uh, Zendaya is the actress from the Disney Channel. And everything. I don't like her. I know. You I think she's, I think, the, the actress, if you, like, look at her stuff in real life, she's very full of herself. But sometimes you have to take that out of, out of your mind when you're watching something. And this is one of those instances. You tend to hate on Disney girl stars, though, babe. I feel like every time that's shown up in a movie, you're like, I didn't uh, hate on Miley Cyrus when she first came out. Well, when she... Well, she when hasn't she, done anything that we would really care about until Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Which, that was kind of a fun little throw-in. But, uh, no, I, I, I do hate on... And it's so bad. I love women. Yet, actor, I have more problems with some certain actresses than I do with actors. Maybe because I don't focus on the actors as much, and it's probably because I'm a guy and that's probably super wrong. And so I apologize to the female listeners. It's okay. That's why I'm here. We temper each other. So, uh, but uh, I don't like Zendaya at all. But... I liked her character. Her character was kind of funny. In she played movie, the bit so. without it getting old. It never once was like... There was one scene. There was one scene where it got old for me. And I'm just, I remember going, oh, are you kidding me? It was... Um, uh, Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I I made a certain hand gesture to to her, and um, there's yeah, it's it's not a spoiler, but it, we've we've spoiled a lot, so why keep talking about things halfway three fourths through the movie? So, um, you know, there's a lot of great about this movie. There is not very much wrong with it. Um, I would say there's some choices you were you and I were talking about something the vulture does that kind of doesn't make sense. Like, it's really funny because the character of the Vulture is really good, but some of the decisions, you're like... They play off the death of a henchman as a joke in yeah. a way that, if this was a true person in life who had never before killed another person, no matter all the heists they pulled off, killed one of his own men for trying to go and snitch, and then turns back and be like, oh, I thought that was the anti-grav gun, and played for a joke, I'm like, that be that line belongs to a hardened criminal like the rhino who just doesn't give a damn about well, the this has been happening life. for eight years too. But you never get the sense that he clearly still loves his family. He is not he's not yeah. Walter White. He hasn't just turned from his family. Originally, his whole point was to make his family uh, richer while he's while he's after he's gone, and it just turns into him for his own selfish gain. So yes, um, we never get that indication from the way that he interacts. True, very true, and and, that, and I would agree that because when you pointed that, I'm like, oh yeah. So that's that's kind of one of the weaker points. But the thing is, is okay, you've got a couple bruises on the apple, but other than that, this apple's sweet and juicy. That is a good point. So far, we've had very non-memorable MCU villains besides Loki. Do you find the Vulture to be a memorable villain that could stand up within the canon and show up again? Yes, to a point. Um, yeah, like, the problem is the... the 
they play these villains off, either they're going to be the like the ultimate bad guy, like with Thanos, or like a like overly recurring one with Loki, or they're one-offs. You know, like with Whiplash and Ironmonger for the Iron Man stuff, or um, uh, the, the Abomination. Oh god, um, Abomination was terrible. Red Skull. Yeah, like, like. Well, Winter um, Soldier, I guess, is going to be a memorable thing from this point on because he was a villain in one movie and then an impetus for a fight in another. And it you really seems... like that word impetus? You used it like three times the night alone. So. I disagree, sir. We could go back and listen to the recording. You'd be like, "Well, I don't like to count it out." So, but uh, it's a good word. It's a, a five dollar word. Well, and then you had like um, uh, the villain from Civil War. Um, oh God, I'm forgetting his name. Um, you know, you had him. But... Not, he, but that's the thing, though. Civil War was not about a villain, even though yeah. his master plan worked exactly as he anticipated. But, it was really about the other people, like all these people choosing right or wrong, or you don't know if it's right or wrong. And, uh, um, Civil but, War's villain think... is Tony Stark. That is who the villain is. Lawful <laughs> uh, 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 neutral, I would put him in. Um, but then you have, uh, what was it? Um, uh, the one from Doctor Strange. Like, he was a one-off played by uh, Michael Oh, not Dormammu? Because Dormammu is memorable. He's better than Thanos, to my opinion. <laughs> Dormammu is a very interesting character, um, which, again, I'm not re- I've not read any Doctor Strange uh, uh, comics at all, but I know... Doctor Strange was Doc- trippy, man. Yeah. You actually watched that... She actually watched it by herself. I was in the middle of comic book movie fatigue. I hadn't seen Civil War because of previously mentioned statements, and, um... Doctor Strange was after that, and I said, you know, I'm just not going to go see that either. You guys can go see it, and I actually watched it a few weeks ago because it was on Netflix. Yeah, it, it is on Netflix, but and I, I think a lot of people should do that because it's very easy to fanboy inside a theater on opening weekend with a bunch of people who are so well, excited to be there. I watched it. I mean, I watched it opening weekend. I think I actually watched it in 3D, and maybe that was my problem. Is I watched it in 3D, which. I would not recommend it. It, it, I thought it would be kind of cool, and we sat further back to kind of help with, like, with, you know, visual sickness, uh, or, you know, getting sick due to visuals and stuff like that, because I can do that, and, um, and, you know, a couple of the people that we went, I went with can have that as the well. The only but movie that we've ever gotten motion sickness from was a normal viewing of Cloverfield. Oh, God, yeah. That, that, I, I didn't get... I did not get sick, but I needed to take a break. Oh, yeah. And I, I walked out, and someone had already get, gotten sick. But the problem was is we ate a huge meal right before it, too. That was a crazy, just jarring, hard-to-follow movie. But but uh, the idea of a yeah. song about Doctor Strange is that it was still fun to watch, but watching it at home on your TV, it's not even about the visuals. It's about, without the fanboying and the anticipation of it, just seeing it on its own terms as a movie later in the run of it, you come to realize that, you realize the true good parts, and you acknowledge the bad parts. Yeah, and like with this one here, like I, I would probably be way more critical of Doctor Strange um, than I would of, say, Guardians 2 or Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, you want to see it so much that you're willing to overlook a lot of stuff, unless it's Beauty and the Beast, in which case you are merciless. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but, you know, I, I think we kind of talked to... To, I think we've talked about pretty much everything. We talked about characters, direction, visuals were really cool. The yep. fight sequences um, were pretty good. Um, Not as good as Atomic Blonde. We've been seeing a lot of movies in one row yeah. recently, so it's hard to sometimes put them apart. <laughs> yeah, the, the but for a Spider-Man fight sequences, there there were, I felt like there were homages to the previous two iterations with a couple things. Uh, but they still help. They still did things on their own. The humor like, was on point. Yeah, and they used more of the tech too. So I thought that was really cool. Um, but the the humor, oh, the humor is really, really good. It's very good. It's very natural. Yeah, absolutely. It it felt incredibly natural. So, um, so I I think we've we've uh, we've definitely. I think we've covered everything. Let's rate this bad boy. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I'm going to let you go first this time because I'm trying to decide between two numbers. So Okay. Um, I think this movie is really well done. I don't have any complaints with it. Um, it's not groundbreaking, but not every movie has to be. Some movies yeah. are just fun to watch, and this is a true summer popcorn movie. Without any of the flaws of like a Baywatch summer popcorn movie. It's, <laughs> it's just good. It's, it, I, 
Okay, go ahead. And I would, because of that, like, you know, there are very few movies I'd go, like, crazy perfect on. Um, but this movie was fun to watch. I'd say four out of five. Four out of five? I think that's respectable. Um, I, I, I'm, what I'm trying to decide is between 3.5 and 4. Uh, because it, it has flaws. Um, I think the strongest, I think the funny thing, the strongest thing about this, the Spider-Man movie is Spider-Man. I think Spider-Man... As it should be. Yeah, and like, and that's, the, and that was the problem with the other ones, like, like, the villains were kind of good, um, or the villains were memorable, or the love interest was terrible, and the love interest was great, humor was hokey, or the humor was okay, like, but Spider-Man was always a weird contention point. Like, people... There's still people that love Toby. If impetus um, is my word, then contention is your word for this episode. If I said it more than once, I would be... More than the one time just now, <laughs> I'd be surprised. Um, but, like, I, pref I preferred Andrew Garfield because I felt that was a better uh, Spider-Man and Peter Parker. Now, with Tom Holland... I, Tom Holland's my Spider-Man. Hashtag my... Uh, Tom Holland is my Spider-Man. So... Um, I, I would probably, you know, for, um, it, I think if we'd given it more time, I would probably lean more towards the 3.5 and more time to kind of think and digest. But I would say with having just saw it and it's still fresh and, you know, enjoyable and I really, really did like it, I would, I would have to go with a four as well. All right. So that means our combined rating is an eight out of 10, which seems to be on par with what the critics are saying. It's certified fresh. Um, I'm, like I said, it's going to do really well. So this is going to be an interesting, so maybe, maybe Fox will see this as a opportunity to maybe, uh, maybe we can just distribute the movies or they'll have to rip like on so many things. I, like well, Scarlet Witch being Magneto's daughter. Uh, yeah, which they've already kind of retconned it in the comics because they there it's 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 as ba it's basically a big fu to Fox. So I don't really know if there you know I'm sure this will set some precedent and it's going to be interesting to see what happens the next few years. But I'm really hoping that X Men can finally come into the MCU. Um, Fantastic Four would be nice to see them come as well. Um, it, I'm not sure, sure they were ever worthy of having a movie franchise. I know that they were I, original family, maybe, but... Maybe not... There's it, not maybe a lot that's of their own movie. Like, they but, did, the, did the exact same thing with uh, Hank Pym. They were smart not to make the movie about Hank Pym because he's a objectively terrible person within canon of the comic books. Yeah. Well, so is Reed Richards. Reed Richards exactly. is probably worse. Like, they're but all it'd be reprehensible. Nice to, honestly, the only reason... There, there are about two to three different reasons I would want to see each of these come into the MCU. Um, I would love to see Fantastic Four come in because I would want to see who they cast as Johnny Bla or, um No, not Johnny Blaze. That's, that's Ghost Rider. That's Ghost Rider. That's Ghost Rider. Uh, Johnny Storm. And that if he shared a scene with Captain America at all, is that would be freaking hilarious. I have to acknowledge it. Yeah, and then, um, which is a little bit more obscure, because um, we're already going to see the two Sherlocks come together yeah. at some point, but um, I want to see if they somehow are able to bring X-Men into this, but without recasting, keeping the key people that they have cast, specifically because then I would want Charles Xavier and Star-Lord to share a scene and I would like I want them to be like fairly civil and just be like, um, "Sorry, Lord, um, uh, uh, it's nice to meet you, Professor. It's a pleasure to meet you." And just have a nice civil conversation and walk away. And Charles Xavier like lean over to someone and be like, "That man was an asshole." And like like and Chris Pratt walk away like. I feel like I've wronged him in a former life because if of... If you guys have seen Wanted, you know that Aaron is babbling about <laughs> incoherently. I just... It's... Um, it, it, I don't know. It's not going to happen because if, if X-Men ever comes to the MCU, you know, they're going to the only Yeah, the only one... Aaron, unfortunately, the only character who really gets to play around with those sorts of combinations is Deadpool. He's the um, only one who gets to break yeah. the fourth wall and say to the audience, hey, remember when these two are doing a movie together? Huh? Huh? I just, I look forward to the uh, 2020 when half of all Hollywood has been cast in a Marvel movie and cannot play any other character because of that one it's, character yeah, they play. It's getting, to, it's getting to a point where you're like, like, ooh, they're, they're in a Marvel movie, and then now it's like, who... 
isn't in a, who hasn't been in a Marvel movie, or even at least a superhero movie, because like... James Woods, that hack, he hasn't even been in a Marvel movie yet. <laughs> like, it's almost like you're, uh, you're right as a, uh, an actor, an actress is like, oh, I've been in a Marvel movie, <laughs> so is everyone else here. <laughs> oh, but I actually had a line. Four, bitch. <laughs> so, uh, 8 out of 10, a very respectable score for a very good movie. Highly recommend. Um, great for the kiddos. Um, uh, and great for families and uh, stuff like that. So, definitely um, take your kids. And you will be humming the updated theme song all the way home. <laughs> dun, 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 so, uh, as she... Uh, just keeps humming to herself. Uh, we, uh, we of course, uh, started a Twitter handle, and um, we've actually got a Facebook page. Where Plug it, baby! We're, uh, remember to uh, like us at, uh, or uh, like us on Facebook um, at Married to the Idea Reviews, and to follow us on Twitter, uh, Married Number Two, the Idea, um, and uh, we'll hopefully have some other social media uh, as well. Hopefully we will finally release these and actually be able to input any ideas people have. <laughs> yeah, maybe one day we'll actually have, like, say, the, by fan requests. So. That would be fun. I look forward to fan requests. Well, um, but it's been, a, it's been a joy as always, and uh, uh, we'll be doing another one soon, probably in the next week or so. Um, what are we doing? I have a couple ideas. I have one idea specifically because uh, how we have we've done a couple, or we've got two ideas. But one, I know that we can do the other one. We have to take a little time to do so. Uh, and then, I mean, we've got a list. You and I each have a <laughs> list. But uh, like, there's one that we could do like tomorrow if we wanted to. <laughs> so, but uh, thanks for listening, guys. Really appreciate it. Until next time, she's Elizabeth. He's Aaron. And, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea.